listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. This is the Friday Five, our weekly list of five things you need to know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and we are now under the 100-day mark for days until the annual enrollment period. It also happens to be National Pina Colada Day and National Kitten Day, so there's that. Let's get to our list, shall we? Number one, CMS released their proposed rule on improving access to the Medicare ESRD Prospective Payment System, or PPS, in a move to spur innovation and home dialysis treatment options. According to CMS Administrator Seema Verma, quote, CMS data shows that those with ESRD have the highest rate of hospitalization of any single group, a trend consistent with having to frequently leave home to receive dialysis, end quote. And yes, the pandemic does play into CMS reasoning, but that is not the only factor. According to the official press release from CMS, more than 85% of Medicare fee-for-service beneficiaries with ESRD travel to a facility for dialysis at least three times a week. On average, they spend 12 hours each week attached to that dialysis machine away from home. Many have multiple chronic conditions and comorbidities before you add in the coronavirus pandemic. So this is a potential solution that has been a long time coming. The rule proposes updates to the ESRD PPS base rate, wage index, outlier policy, and new OMB delineations to name just a few of the potential changes. We will have a link to both the press release and the fact sheet from CMS in our show notes, so be sure to check those out to get a good idea how these changes might affect your clients. Number two, on Tuesday this week, AHIP released their State of Medigap 2020, a comprehensive study on Medicare supplement enrollment. The annual study looks at enrollment data and reports back on trends and demographics. It's an informative read and can give you a baseline of enrollment information if you are new to selling MedSup. And just a quick note on that subject, the dates on these data sets are either for 2017 or 2018, and while that might sound outdated, it is actually the most current data available. As I said, the study was just released this Tuesday. So let's take a look at the findings. Some points that stood out as I looked through the data. In 2017, almost half of original Medicare enrollees without any other kind of additional insurance, were enrolled in a Medicare supplement plan. In 2017, more women were enrolled in Medigap than men. 56% of MedSup enrollees were women, while 44% were men. As far as geography is concerned, 25% of MedSup policyholders lived in non-metropolitan areas. In 2018, plans G and N showed the most growth in enrollment that year, but Plan F had the most overall enrollees from 2015 through 2018. 
The study breaks down Medigap policies by state, which, again, that is something that is really helpful if you're just starting out selling MedSup. Or if you're working in a new state, you can glean a little information from that table. We will be linking to the announcement of the study from AHIP as well as the PDF version of the 2020 State of Medigap, so you can download that. Also worth mentioning, there is a nice brief history of MedSup changes in the beginning of the study. So if you've got downline agents that are new, it certainly would not hurt to pass this information along to them as well. And again, you'll find the links in our show notes. Number three, Capital Rx has announced it's joining forces with Walmart. The pharmacy benefit manager startup has made it their mission to simplify drug pricing. According to the Capital Rx website, they operate on a model inspired by the stock exchange. So what they're trying to do is bring transparency to drug pricing. They are committed to stop what the industry calls spread pricing, and that is when a PBM charges the payer more than what a pharmacy pays for the drug to make a profit. CEO and founder of Capital Rx, AJ Loyakino, explained the strategy in a recent press release, quote, Most employers receive the same price on prescriptions. There is no more price disparity between larger and small employers, enlightened and uninformed buyers. Everyone receives the same everyday low price, end quote. We will be linking to an article with more information in our show notes if you would like to learn more about that partnership. Number four, on the subject of Walmart, the company is making the move further into the healthcare industry with Walmart Insurance Services, LLC. Yes, Walmart has created an LLC to sell insurance policies. CNBC reported on the job openings listed on the company's website. The postings were for the Dallas, Texas area, and that particular article mentioned supplemental Medicare insurance, while an article from MedCity News mentioned Medicare Advantage plans. There has been no official confirmation or announcement of plan types or pricing just yet, but we will certainly be keeping our eye on this development. Number five, last but not least, back into the retail healthcare space. Walgreens announced a partnership with Village MD on Wednesday that would put primary care clinics inside Walgreens stores. Walgreens is looking to add 500 to 700 of these clinics to retail stores over a five-year period. They did not make any mention of specific locations, just that most clinics would be added to underserved locations. The idea, according to Chief Walgreens Executive Stefano Pessina, is, quote, meeting many essential health needs all under one roof as well as through other channels, end quote. Those services could be as simple as checkups and preventive care to more complex treatment of chronic diseases. The Village MD clinics would include telehealth visits, a service that has certainly caught on during the COVID-19 pandemic. In our show notes, you'll find a link to an article where you can learn more. That brings us to this week's bonus, and it might seem odd for this to be something I'm researching almost in the middle of summer, but here goes. 
I've been heading outside more than normal lately, and I have been putting on sunscreen, SPF 50, in addition to the sunscreen in my face moisturizer and makeup. So I have not been neglecting that, but I have noticed sunspots on my face, more noticeable sunspots at any rate. And I am on the search for SPF 1000 that will not block my pores and make me break out, but that will also make the sunspots not get any worse. And it has been a challenge. But I came across a great article that outlines exactly what to look for in sunscreen, depending on your skin's needs. So I will be linking to that article in our show notes. Currently, I am perusing Allure's Editor's Choice list of face sunscreens, so it's likely that one of those on that list will end up as my pick. But if you've got sunscreen recommendations, please, please send them over my way. The higher SPF, the better. I need all the recs I can get. And that is all we have for today's episode. Remember, stay safe out there, stay healthy, Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel, script editing by Nicole Parasich, artwork by Nick Smith.